Welcome to the Personal Brand Elevator. It's a podcast with me, Petty Morgan, photographer, serial rebrander, entrepreneur, and online business queen. We're here to talk strategies and tactics for personal brand elevation in an online remote world. If you provide services online, then you are your brand. So come on, jump in the elevator with me because we are going up. If your customers come to you via Facebook or Instagram or via email inquiries, do you necessarily need a website to be able to sell your product or service to them? If you've done the hard work on socials and they're ready to buy from you, is it overkill to even have a website? Well, the short answer is of course a big yes to having a website. It is always important for you to have a website in order to make sales to your customers no matter where you're selling from whether it's in person or over Instagram or via emails etc you do need a website in order to make sales to your people but don't just bang up any old website I'm not just talking about necessarily making a really pretty website and going all out but today we're going to go over some actual really basic website security features that absolutely must be in place in order for your audience to trust you enough to buy safely from you. Just because you've convinced them that they've got to have what you're offering well done on the selling, it doesn't mean that they're going to hand over that money to you. If your customer is warm, i.e. they know and like you enough to, to buy from you, you still need to fulfill the trust part of that transaction. It's even more important when you're selling to a cold audience, that is, people that have not really known you for long or maybe they've come across you through a Facebook ad or perhaps they've been referred to you and they're pretty new to you. The colder the audience, the less they know you, the more important having this basic website security in place is. But even with the people that know you quite well, maybe they even know you personally, you still need to provide some basic website security for them. This isn't just to make your brand look professional and legit, which of course it does. It's to do the right thing by your customer and provide them with a level of safety, to provide them with a feeling of reassurance so that when they know that they're giving their money to you, it is safe. Not only are they buying a good product, but their money isn't going to just disappear. Because the thing is, we're only guessing at how many people choose not to buy from you because they don't feel safe enough to. You won't actually know how many people have been close to buying from you, but then thought, hmm, is this safe? Is this person legit? Is my money safe? Are my credit card details going to be stolen? So in my humble opinion, it's better to have these security features in place for them so that you're not left wondering if it has negatively affected your sales. Let's get into it. So you have a website, great. Well, that's wonderful. But I want you to check for the following things on your website to make sure that you're not leaving that money on the table with people who just don't feel safe enough to make a purchase through your website. This could seem like some really basic stuff to some people, but trust me, ha ha ha, when I say they're really, really important. Really, really, wow, okay. So the first thing is, the very first thing, is HTTPS. I sound like a robot. I'm not going to explain this to the letter because I don't want you to fall asleep listening to my podcast. I mean, you could be driving. <laughs> but very simply, 
HTTPS provides a way for your customer to connect to your website in a secure way. It means that hackers and other nefarious types can't intercept the data that they send to it, like their name, email, or credit card details. This is so important that Google will penalize you if you don't have an HTTPS website. And when I say penalize, I mean they're not going to rank you highly in the search results because they don't want to send their um, users to unsecure websites. When you have an HTTPS website, it means that you have something called an SSL certificate in place. Again, I'm not going to bother explaining the letters, it's too tedious, which provides um, an extra layer of security. I have linked in the show, not show notes to a really good article if you want to get your geek on and go deep on this one. We don't need to go into all that detail. <laughs> it's an SEM Rush um, article, and yeah, check out the show notes for the link. So when you go to my website, ptmorgan.co, you'll notice um, a little padlock at the beginning of the URL, and that just shows you that it's secure. It's a secure connection. So as my customer, anything that you submit, like via a web form, isn't going to be intercepted and stolen by those nefarious internet types. If your website is hosted on WordPress or Squarespace or any of those types of platforms, it's likely that you can either use a plugin to create an HTTPS version of your website or your website hosts like, you know, Bluehost or HostGator or those sorts of things, um, they will have already created an HTTPS site for you. Uh, if you want to do a quick check that you have one, just type HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash followed by your domain name e.g. pettymorgan.co and if it shows your web website great you have a website security certificate in place well done if you don't then you can either ask your web developer or your VA or your website host how you can do that or how they can help you how they can do it for you most website hosts are pretty helpful with this sort of thing because it's the kind of request that they get all the time. So Namecheap, for example, have some really good documentation on each of the different um, hosts, etc., and how to how to um, set that up. Whatever you do, you've just got to find a way to make it happen because HTTPS is the most important website security feature to have. It means it's secure. It means your customers' details aren't going to be stolen. So that is really number one. Secondly, you should display your privacy policy on your website even if you're not selling anything you should have a privacy policy a privacy policy tells your customers that you care about their privacy and you will be responsible with any information they share with you both implicitly and explicitly while they're visiting your website a privacy policy also tells your website visitors what you're going to do with their information your visitors can provide you information in a number of different ways, implicitly or explicitly, as I mentioned. If I follow a link to your website, I automatically, implicitly, <laughs> supply you with my IP address. That just happens in the background. My IP address will tell you where I am. Basically, if I'm not using a VPN that masks my real IP address, it'll tell you the general area in the world almost specifically down to the town actually, that I'm connecting to you from. So a privacy policy would say something like, 
hey, we gather your IP address to do certain things, and that just, I don't know, Google uses it, that sort of thing. Explicit information is the type submitted via a web form. So when I sign up for your freebie or your lead magnet, I'll give you my name and email. If I send you a message through your contact form, I'll give you my name and email as well. So in that case, your privacy policy would include details about what you do with that information. It's just stating, hey, you're giving me this info in a variety of different ways. This is what I'm going to do with it, and I'm going to keep it safe, mainly. There are privacy policy generators out there, both free and paid, which if you're doing this yourself and you don't have a VA or an online business manager or somebody else or your web developer doing this for you, then there are ways you can generate a privacy policy so that at least you've got something up there. But it can be a real time sink once you get into it. So if that isn't your sort of thing, don't waste your time on it. If your eyes cross at the thought of generating a privacy policy, oh God, then just find an online generator or ask somebody else to do it for you. I use a privacy policy generator called getterms.io. I'll link to that in the show notes as well to generate my policies. Uh, but getting proper legal advice for your situation is the safest approach. Because, um, But in the total absence of a policy, like a generator is a really good place to start. Additionally, having a terms and conditions page is good business acumen, but not totally necessary. A TNC's page might say something along the lines of, well, when you engage with me, this is what you're going to get. Um, it basically sets out the terms of engagement, so terms and conditions or terms of service, they're basically the rules that you are setting out for the people that come and use your services. It could be something like, hey, if you make a comment on the site, you're going to be nice to people, or you're going to be banned. Or it might state your refund policy, or that you deliver things digitally. Um, it just sets the rules and expectations between you and your customers. Remember, these are legal documents. So again, I do advise getting proper legal advice to keep your business safe. And whether that be through a service specifically to provide you legal advice online or see someone in person, either way, they're legal documents and they do give your users some sense of safety when they come to your site and give them a feeling of, I can trust that I can buy from this person and I'm not going to be sending my money off to a spammer or a scammer and my money is safe and I'm going to get what I expect to get. So that's just some really basic stuff you need to have on your website to show that you're a trustworthy business. Thirdly, contact methods. And I don't just mean can your potential customer contact you, or at least another real person, but how can they contact you? How many ways? Providing your people with multiple ways to contact you will give them a sense of safety and trust with you. So you might have your phone number listed, you might have an email listed, you might have a contact form for them to send information through, or they might be able to contact you through Facebook Messenger or some other form. Sometimes there's little pop-ups that come up on a site and say, hey, leave us a message. Uh, currently, I use the free version of Olark, uh, I'll link to that in the show notes, as a chat box, which is really, really useful for people to say, oh, I can fire you a question through this little chat box. Um, especially during sales or launches, very, very, very useful. Um, if there's a variety of different ways for somebody to contact you, then it's going to generate trust. It's like, 
okay, well, I'm not just going to be stuck with a question if I buy something, um, you know. You don't want them to be buying something and going, well, oh, I have a question, I, I don't know what to do here, or I'm stuck or whatever, or I can't log in. Um, if I'm buying a product from you, a digital product, I want to know that I can ask you questions. So tell me how I can get in contact with you to do that. The easiest way probably for me is to go to your website and I go, oh look, there's a contact page and it's got everything listed for me to contact you with however I prefer. So thus generating more trust and enabling me to feel confident buying your products or services that you're selling to me. Lastly, and we're going to keep this one brief, because these are just basic website security features that you need to have in place to grow trust with your people and enable them to feel confident and safe enough to buy from you. To cross that last hurdle, you know. Lastly, we are looking at having methods of secure payment. So use a trusted payment platform, something like Stripe or PayPal, which are both you know, very, very well-known, any of those well-known uh, payment platforms, Shopify, etc., these tell your customers that um, they can put their credit details in and they're going to be safe. Or if they prefer, they can log into their PayPal account to pay you and not even need to hand over their credit card details to you. Some people prefer doing that. Uh, payment platforms like PayPal and Stripe have already established trust with their users. So when you use a platform like that for your payments, you're actually leveraging the trust that's already been built up there. Sure. I'm going to do a random example here. You could put up, hey, you can wire me the money on whatever those money wiring systems are. But, you know, I would not wire you money to pay for something. <laughs> you can see the difference, right? So, like, using the classical Nigerian spammer as an example, they use that sort of thing all the time to elicit money from their victims so that they can't be tracked. So, of course, I'm not going to feel safe wiring money to you to pay for your product or service. No one does that anyway, but I just wanted to give you like an alternate view on safe and not so safe ways to pay. Not saying it isn't safe, but it wouldn't bring about the same levels of trust in your customers if the only way to pay was through wiring you money. So give them a secure way to pay, but also show them the trust symbols associated with those secure platforms like, you know, this MasterCard Trust or pay safely with PayPal. There are those sorts of um, little images and symbols that you can put on your sales pages to show people that, hey, you can trust this method of payment. Here's a familiar symbol um, that you will really trust. So whether they choose to or not is up to them. It's just another way for you to demonstrate that it's safe to, for them to pay their money to you. So let's just go back over that pretty basic list on how to implement some basic website security so that your people feel confident enough to buy from you safely, so that all that effort that you have put into your sales um, and your marketing and your nurturing is not wasted because they're coming to a site where they just are like, I don't want to give you my money. Okay, so firstly, that is HTTPS, a secure website certificate that allows your people to connect securely to your website. Secondly, providing a privacy policy and a terms and conditions page on your site. They're legal documents, which I advise you to get legal advice for instead of just waking up your own or <gasps> copying and pasting mine and updating the company details to yours. Honestly, people do it. I don't advise you to. Don't do this. 
Um, thirdly, providing multiple methods of contact, not just a contact form, but hey, I can call or email or chat with you, whatever I feel comfortable with. I know that there's a real person at the end of the um, line there. And finally, provide a method of secure payment and demonstrate the secure payment options available so that people feel trustworthy, feel trust, feel trustworthy, putting in their details onto your site. Don't leave money on the table because people don't trust you enough to, to give you their money. When you're dealing with people online, you need to make it as obvious as possible that they are safe and secure. They're given the confidence to exchange their money with you online in their online environment. Go and check out your website now and have a look as with customers' eyes on. How safe would you feel buying from yourself? <laughs> Regardless of how well they know you, but more so, the colder that they are and the less they know you, the more trustworthy you need to demonstrate yourself to be. Thanks for jumping in the personal brand elevator with me. That's the end of this episode, but please subscribe to hear more and leave me a rating as not only does it help others to discover this podcast, but it strokes my ego. Well, that's if it's a good rating. So yeah, okay. I'll read the bad ones too, I promise. Bye.